Hey there. Before we get started, I need to apologize for last week's Chromecast. There was an audio echo issue created by my mistake of not plugging in my headphones during the record. The reason I didn't plug in, who cares? The point is, I made a mistake, and then I foisted that mistake on you, our loyal listeners. I shouldn't have done that. My reason for doing so was because we had a great guest, Jen Mac Ramos, and I didn't want the time she had invested to go to waste. However, your time is valuable too, and I should have erred on the side of saving you that time instead. But if you managed to get through the show, I think you'll agree that Jen was great, and we had plenty of hot takes, and all the stuff you've come to expect from this show, except for, you know, a wonderful aural experience. The audio issue has been corrected, don't worry about that, and I think you'll love our upcoming episodes, starting now. Welcome to the McCovey Croncast. I'm Brian Murphy. I'm Doug Brizzoni. It's Friday, February 19th, 2015, and joining us is Carmen Q, the internet's own. Uh, welcome, Carmen. Hi, how are you guys? Uh, doing very well. Yeah, doing well. Uh, so, Carmen, if you don't know, she is essentially, she's a, a GIF guru, and she is a digital uh, media coordinator. She's a producer on KMBR and uh, for Marty Lurie's show, which I want to hear all about. Oh, yeah. And, and she's an all-around swell person, and you're about to hear all about her. Um, oh, she covers the Giants and the 49ers for Bay Sports Net. And she hosts the social media minute on that Marty Lurie show. Did you pitch to him what social media was? Like, no. have to explain it to him? Well, kind of, because he's like, I don't know if you've ever, like, looked at his tweets and stuff, but he's super, like, run on sentence. Like, he kind of does it, but then he kind of doesn't do it either. So I would be like, Marty, why don't you get on Instagram? Marty, like, we should periscope this. So I kind of have to show him what to do. And then I would always kind of be like, oh, look what, you know, Brandon Belt posted. Look what Hunter Pence posted. And he's like, well, why don't you just do this on the air? And that's that's how it came about. And LOL, KMBR callers also requested it. <laughs> so now it's like a mini segment. And um, yeah, it's pretty fun. That's great. Uh, dragging Marty Lurie into the 21st century. Uh, yeah, he's kicking and screaming. <laughs> I barely know what Periscope and Instagram are. So that's fun. That's fun for that. Um, so Giants news of the week. Uh, the doldrums of winter are, are past us. It's spring training, guys. It's spring training. The Giants are alive. They're no longer figments of our imagination. We're not reading about them uh, through tweets or through East Coast media trying to trying to disseminate information about them in their ham-handed or partially correct ways. We have visual evidence of them. We have real live quotes from them. And, and, and they're not giving up leads late in the game right now, so it's just pure love. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. I mean, how often can we say that really throughout the season? It's the most hopeful time of the year. <laughs> <laughs> and it also gives everyone a chance to get a look at players they've never heard of, players they thought had retired long ago, etc. Spring training. Have either of you ever been to spring training? Um, uh, I have. Oh, Doug, do you want to go? Uh, yeah, I, I, went, I went in 2003 and I went two years ago. So the Giants have made the playoffs 100% of the time that I went to spring training. Probably should just take a lot of credit for that. You should go this year, I feel. 
<laughs> don't know if I have time, but I'll try to squeeze it in. Well, you really should change your plans. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, and Carmen, you, you said you have gone? Yeah, I. this is going to be my fifth straight year. So I've been going for, you know, five years now and I love it. It's like my favorite vacation that I have every year. Uh. Even though it's in Arizona, you still have a great time. This is the part that I always have trouble understanding <laughs> when people are like, I love spring training. And then the two locations are Florida and Arizona, which are not typically considered enjoyable destinations. But Well, it sounds really lame. Like when I was like, oh, what am I going to do in Scottsdale? And then I went to Scottsdale and I was like, oh, my God, this is fantastic. It was amazing because like there are all these like golf carts that just drive you around after you're drunk. And then there's like... <laughs> tons of food and there's like an ice cream place and like i was like this is amazing this is everything i could ever want (laughs) more cities need drunk carts (laughs) driving around (laughs) Uh, and then you get to and then the players they they serve table side they make the guacamole right at your table right oh yeah is that how spring training is yeah totally they wear a sombrero it's pretty cool um, you have to you have to go to a nice restaurant to get the big name players though, because otherwise you're left with you know the single A guys who were legitimately they just work there. <laughs> they have to. They're just waiting for spring training to roll into town. Uh, yeah, well, the big news from day one, and obviously if you're as you're listening to this, other days have since passed. I don't know when people are listening, but uh, the the big one to me. The biggest news is that Madison Bumgarner brought his his horses, some of his horses, with him to Arizona. And I didn't get to see the look on Johnny Cueto's face, but I imagine it was a Homer Simpson-esque <gasps> gasp and a smile. And the idea of Cueto and Bumgarner uh, f- forming essentially an unlikely friendship, I love it for so many reasons. They're... They're ostensibly opposites, and also the way that it kicks dirt in the face of a kind of insidious national narrative about Bumgarner. But then also, it's about baseball players in the 21st century riding horses together, and now we're in some sort of lonesome dove scenario, and I think that's great. Yeah, I mean, Tim Hudson left, um, so it kind of opens up the space for Bumgarner's best friend, right? So I think it's perfect. I love that idea. Bumgarner's best friend is a role that someone has to fill. It's not organic. It's like, no, he needs a sidekick. So, and then, and then Quito's like, wait, no, I need a sidekick. And then, then there you go. That's how you start the conflict. Oh, have, has either, do either of you know the names of any of Bumgarner's horses? I could make some up if you want. (laughs) We could make some, we could make some names up. Uh, I think one of them is named Rawhide. Rawhide? Are you being serious? No. Okay. <laughs> All right, Rawhide, but that's for sure one of them, yeah. I think Spit would be one. Like you just yeah. call horse Spit. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> spit and Rawhide. <laughs> spit Spit probably doesn't Spit doesn't like really make the trip, I don't think. Spit's maybe more like a a runt or a black sheep or something of a horse. For the, for the dog food? Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's a small horse, but he has a big heart. That's right. That's right. Well, that's why he keeps him around. Uh, you guys want to pitch this to Amy G? Maybe it's like her next book. <laughs> 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 
Spit, yeah. Spit the lonesome horse or Spit something. Spit the lonesome horse. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Quato hopes that Bumgarner gives it, gifts him or sells him one of the horses. So then there's a chance that Bumgarner could hawk Spit. Ha ha, pun jokes. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> yes, that's the way it works here, Carmen. <laughs> uh so Lots you can get. so uh, most of the pictures from from thursday were just pictures of the guys basically of, of bros stretching which which for baseball deprived minds is a good thing and i don't know i feel like maybe we should take a minute to analyze our own psychosis about baseball that we fed it i mean i don't know about you guys but when i saw those pictures i was like ah, that's baseball. And then I definitely told myself, that's not baseball. Those are people in costumes uh, moving awkwardly. That's, <laughs> But it's baseball at the same time. Why are we programmed this way? How did this happen? I don't know. You're going to have to ask my dad. I, I, I have no idea why I get excited just to see like Javier Lopez like doing sprints or whatever. It just is to me, the first sign that there's going to be a hopeful new season. So, I mean, I was looking at the giant Snapchat and I was like watching it so intensely and I realized nothing happened in the Snapchats. It was just like, here's Buster, here's Madison, here's this person leaning over. It was so boring, but yet I was so excited by it. <laughs> um, I mean, for me, I'm, I'm not really that excited by the pictures of people stretching. Like, I don't look at them that closely. I just, I kind of glance on them and say, oh, I'm happy that exists. Like, I'm glad they're doing that. And then I sort of move on and wait for something more interesting to happen. I definitely don't watch any of the vines or anything of of players, you know, warming up, you know, throwing warm-up tosses or anything. I, I'm, I'm with you in that regard. I'm like, I'll watch the games. But it's just that first charge of like new baseball, even though it's not baseball (laughs) and even spring training games, not baseball, (laughs) not really. (laughs) It's just like a movie to watch while you're drinking beer, basically. And then and to me every year, it's like I get so excited by the just the the setup to their first game or whatever, or they're going to play an interest squad game or it's just a chance to see Kyle Crick start a game or something. And I'll get so excited and I'll load up the radio player and then and then I forget until right when it starts and I go, ah, oh, that's right. It's not the main Giants broadcasting crew and we get to Greenwald. <laughs> so, uh, then, then, it's, then it's then. Yeah. Then the disappointment sets in immediately. So it's a little <laughs> bit like the pictures. I'm like new baseball, but they're just stretching. So, Everything it's like uh it's like watching all these remakes and sequels. It's that it's that excitement and then you're quickly let down. Um what are you do you have a, a an agenda when you go to spring training? Do you try to uh get autographs? Do you try to talk to certain people like this year I didn't I didn't get a chance to get enough of Buster Posey's audio to string together I love you Carmen or like you're the greatest person alive. This year, I'm going to get him to say the right phrases to link them all together. Oh, my God. We're still working on that. Still working on it. Um, I don't really have an agenda. I think that's part of the fun. I mean, there I'll, I'll make, like, little plans. But the one thing I get really excited about has nothing to do with baseball is there's an amazing brunch place called U.S. Egg. 
it's a really stupid name, but it's so good. And I'm like, I'm totally obsessed with it. And I have to go there every morning and it's really not that good. It probably isn't that good, but I just love going there. And so that's what I do every morning. Um, and then I go to the games and like hang out, drink some beer, take a nap, then go out and like get driven around in those carts. <laughs> that, that's my vacation. Are the eggs and the carts and the beers all reasonably priced too? Yeah, they're not too bad. Like they're okay. Um, they're like other things to do too. Like I, I think I went go-karting last year. That was fun. Although I was just driving like 10 and two at like the speed limit. So I wasn't the most fun go-karter, but there's just like lots of stuff. And it's kind of like weirdly like a suburbia, but not because there's like a ton of people there for spring training. So um, I don't know. I don't know why it's so fun, but it is. So if you haven't checked it out, you should. Uh, one day. <laughs> yeah, one day. One day. One day I might. Um, yeah. So, and it's great because the Giants, you know, the excitement gets stoked by uh, FanFest. That's my bad segue to something that happened last weekend uh, with FanFest, which Doug, uh, anyone listening, if you haven't gone to McCovey Chronicles, which site filled with great content every day literally every few hours something great's popping up but doug wrote a great uh recap essentially of fan fest and what happened there and carmen did you go to fan fest i did yes so I... then you guys can talk about this this is great carmen <laughs> asked one of the questions That's right. I, did. <laughs> I think i was like the first random belt question <laughs> uh, which is appropriate yes exactly uh does brandon belt know you he just recognizes you now? Is that is it that uh, kind of a relationship? I don't know if it's like instantaneous, but it definitely, there's a recognition there. It looks like, I mean, Kate said, hi, Carmen. And I think he only knows like one or two Carmen's. So it was pretty easy to have him identify <laughs> me this time. But I mean, the, I think like two fan fests ago, he um, came to the side of stage after his Q and A and talked to me a little bit. Um, just to say, like, thank you for being a great fan and everything. He was really nice. I mean, how many people that are, you know, at his level of baseball would do that, you know? So um, I'm sure he, at this point, I sat next to him at the play ball lunch, too. So at this point, I feel like he probably does know me. And, like, it was funny when I was sitting next to him at play ball last year. It was, like, so weird because, you know, like, everything about them is out there on the internet and like, you know, their stats, you know, that, you know, his wife's name is Haley, whatever. And, you know, I was asking about stuff when I was sitting next to him and then he was trying to be like a nice human being and reciprocate. And he'd be like, so are you still on Twitter? Like <laughs> he was trying to be so nice, but he had nothing to ask me. Cause he's like, who are you basically? <laughs> How about hashtags? Yeah. You still live somewhere. It was pretty funny. So he's basically your friend. Uh, Yeah, we're like best friends, basically. Uh, and I'm willing to bet that the only other Carmen he knows, because you said he knows two, is San Diego. Nailed it. Carmen San Diego. <laughs> I, I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and then I bet he will next time to fill the awkward silence be like, do you know her? <laughs> all Carmens know each other. <laughs> um yeah, I I've never met any any player. I've never had a conversation with any player ever. Ever. <laughs> ever. I wouldn't know where to start with that because I it's the movie star rules to me. Like they get people 
they get randos coming up to them all the time. And I do not look like a friendly person. So <laughs> knowing that my, my whole thing is like, stay away, just leave them alone. <laughs> um, so that's great that you can walk up there and do it. That shows that you're, you're such a big fan. You're like, I don't care. I'm just going for it. Um, that's I mean, good. I had a question about Grayson. I needed to know the answer. So, <laughs> <laughs> and Brandon Belt, uh, you guys have seen him in person many times. Uh, we've all heard him speak, but I guess you know sometimes when you see someone in person, it's a little bit different than when they're on TV. Blah blah blah. But you guys are very firm in the fact that yes, he's the most awkward giant, right? Um. Yes. Yeah, I think he has to be. Well, it depends on, like, social situations, I could see some other people being more awkward. Like, I could see Joe Panic being more awkward, because Brandon Brandon Belt might, like, make a goof up and then sort of shrug it off, and Joe Panic would, would be just kind of quiet, and then he'd say something, and it wouldn't go over too well, and then he'd just be, like, awkwardly silent for the rest of the night. Yeah, I will agree with that. I'd say Brandon embraces his kind of awkwardness, so it's, like, less awkward because of it. So his, like, level of pure awkwardness is probably, like, higher, but because he's, like, totally cool with it, I think it makes him probably less awkward. So the fan fest, the the energy was great. Uh, Everyone had a great time, as they do every year. The team seems loose and happy. One thing that kind of crept up through the social media and in the article and just everything we heard was that there is a certain element of, there's a certain percentage of people who genuinely, and the team kind of has to go with it, wink, wink, but there's people who genuinely buy into this even year stuff. (laughs) Uh, As a lifelong Giants fan, the idea of banking on something positive happening doesn't track with me. It would be like a Cubs fan doing that, like having hope going into the season. It's just not something you do. But the Giants have been so successful, blah, blah, blah. Do you guys share this whole idea of like, or are, are you, if you don't share it, or if you didn't, are you at least now at the point where you're like, eh, I'll go with it because, yeah, why not? I mean, I think it's just kind of a marketing thing, you know, like, uh, even year, you know what I mean? Like you got those like believe in shirts and like, let's get even like all this stuff. And it's like cute, but I mean, I don't, I'm not banking on another ring this year. You know what I mean? Um, so I'm kind of like you where I'm like, eh, but like, fine, it's fine. Like I'm not annoyed by it, but I also don't really, I think if it happens this year, then maybe I'll be in. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, I don't think that just because the year is evenly divisible by two, the Giants are destined to win. That that seems a little silly, but I mean it's it's something it's something fun. People will get excited about it, and it's sort of a reminder of hey, remember all those championships the Giants won? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I do remember those. Those are good. <laughs> those were good. <laughs> uh, Doug and I once played a a failed game, which I edited out, which was. Uh, which, which one would you, which world series win would you win or choose if you could only pick one? Um, and, and that was a really bad idea for a game, which is why it was cut. But I think we also previously asked like, what was our favorite one of them? And that's certainly been a question on the site, but 
do you want to go on the record, Carmen, and state which of the three world championships were your favorite? My favorite. Or is well, your favorite? I would. So if I was to do like a date, Mary ditch situation. Okay. Yeah. I would probably marry 2010 because like it was the first one, you know, it's like your first love and everything. But I think like the sexiest, most exciting one that I would date is 2012. And probably in my mind, it's my favorite because it was just like elimination game after elimination game. Like Hunter Pence was like brand new and kind of like being crazy for the first time that we'd seen and everything. Uh, and 2014, I don't know why, but I was like, kind of like, blah, not, not like the whole time. Obviously, like when we won, I was really happy, but the whole time I was like really pessimistic about us winning. Cause I was like, there's no way we're not the best team to this day. I still don't think we were necessarily the best team on paper and I'm still surprised they pulled it out, but um, that's kind of what I would do. So I would, Date 2012, marry 2010, ditch 2014. That's that's an excellent summation. My goodness, I wish you we had you for that game. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I wrote a whole thing about that the Giants were going to get their butts kicked by the Nationals. So why even bother with the Pirates? You know, in 2014, because yeah, they they were not the best team on paper going in, and they were like the worst professional sports team in the history of sports for two months of the baseball season. It was so uh, bad. Yeah. It was really bad. So bad. No amount of Brandon Belt charm could get them out of it. Uh, uh, so I'm just going to bounce around. So, so I guess predictions for the season would probably be the next question that I would ask then. And we've talked about this, but it's so positive net, uh, right now because everyone's back. There's no injury bugs creeping in. No, we don't know how Matt Cain looks. So it's a it's a it's a Schrodinger's Cain. He could be good. He could be bad at the same time. We don't know, but there's hope. And you look at that projection that came out for Pakoda earlier in the week, and you know projection systems are fun and they go off of track records and what's there and project out but the giants are projected to be competitive for the playoffs and to me that's that's good enough and you know it's you take your chances i think the giants can compete for the playoffs and then whatever happens happens and uh, if they don't win i'm not going to sit there and go well they were supposed to i was going to say they got into the playoffs and they didn't win which is as likely an outcome as winning really it's like it's a crapshoot you don't know what's going to happen so <laughs> if they got to the playoffs i would be very I'd be fine with that, especially if the Dodgers didn't. Yeah, that's the key. <laughs> if I'll take two scenarios: the Giants knock the Dodgers out, and like out of playoff contention, or knock them out of the playoffs completely. I'll take either of those. That's mighty generous of you. <laughs> well, I'm okay. I don't hate the Dodgers so much that I don't want them to get to the playoffs. Um, I, I just don't I, want. I it. Do. I don't. Ah, well, that's fine. That's fine because I like watching them lose in the playoffs. So that, <laughs> so if I can't get where they don't get in, I'll take the pleasure of them going out. So that that's kind of how it works. Although when the Cardinals beat them, it's always tough for me to to be like ah, I'm not as happy as I could be. I wish they had lost to somebody else. <laughs> yeah, totally. It'd be cool if like the Cubs took them out or something. Right. Um, right. Right. Um. Which very likely to happen this year. So, yeah. so we're all thinking the Giants 
Well, that's a stupid. This this just went from like a cool podcast to like a total fan one. Like, so yeah, we think the Giants are going to be good this year, right, guys? They're going to go all the way. Yeah. Hunter Penn said they're not going to lose a game, right? That's that's reasonable, right? One sixty two and zero, baby. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I mean, they've pent him up for so long because he was, you know, injured all last season that I feel like he's going to go bananas this season, like <laughs> full force Hunter Pence, gangly ripping balls out of the park, like yelling, hair out of control, beards too long, Hunter Pence this year. All right. I'm excited. Yeah. The one thing that I'm, I'm warming up to, because again, anything that's positive going in, it's always, it always has to be in retrospect for me, but anything positive going in about the Giants makes me very nervous. But one thing I'm inching towards just embracing is the prevailing national opinion now which we all have anyway, but that Buster Posey is the best catcher in the game right now. And which is shocking because Yadier Molina is, has been, we've been told he's not only the greatest catcher uh, of all time, he's the greatest baseball player of all time. Um, his eyes. Oh yeah. Lost yeah. His eyes. He's at least a 50 win player. Um, you know, it, it's just amazing what the Cardinals do with him in the lineup. So the idea that there are people who are daring to name Buster above him, I mean, we know that that, that makes sense. But just the idea that if, if Buster is the best catcher in the game, the best player on the Giants, and he stays healthy all year, which I'm knocking on wood as I say that, um, you know, the, the Giants can, can do a lot of things if obviously health and performance from other players is key. But when he's a six-win player, a seven-win player, it, that's that's. then the Giants are a typical baseball team. They have the superstar in the middle who's leading them. And just the idea that Buster Posey is one of the best players in baseball and everybody is recognizing it finally is pretty exciting to me. So that's what I'm warming up to. That's my that's my that's my bold prediction for for 2016. So, <laughs> that the Giants will be good because of Buster Posey and we'll all be happy because of it. I like that. I'm into that. I'll endorse that. That's a good prediction. I like it. <laughs> uh, wait, have either of you met Buster Posey? Um, <laughs> well, no, kind of. Like what happened was I was just like walking by the spring training, like batting cage facility or whatever. Um, it's like behind, it's like a separate area. And there was like a little kid, like a super little kid with her dad and like, she was, you know, peeking through the fence. There's like this little gap where the door is and you can kind of look inside. It's like this chain link fence. And she was like peering in. She's super excited. And she's like, Buster Posey's in there. And it was just like the dad and the girl. Usually there's like huge crowds around any sort of player, especially Buster. And she's like, I don't have a, I don't have a pen or whatever. And I happen to have a pen. So I just walked over and gave it to her. At that time, Buster came over um, and signed her thing or whatever and then probably thought I was a small child too and then <laughs> signed a hat for me so like in theory I met him but he said nothing and it was just more coincidental than anything else <laughs> I once uh sat uh at Dodger Stadium next to the visiting bullpen and so when he was warming up Matt Kane I think was starting that night or I I saw him. I was that close. That's as close as I've ever gotten. But I swear I had a wound on my hand and it was healed by the end of that bullpen session. So he has has healing powers. He is also a handsome man and light does radiate off of him. (laughs) Yeah, 
Yeah, I feel like he travels with his own lighting or something. <laughs> There's someone up in a rafter lighting. somewhere with a key light just right on him. Just like a drone. That's right. <laughs> I, I think he just glows. I think yeah. it's just natural. Well, if we weren't doing a fan podcast before, we are now. We are. To- <laughs> oh, Buster Posey just he's the best. He's oh amazing. Oh my God, he's so handsome. He's so wonderful. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> uh, some. So I'm gonna turn. I'm gonna turn this whole podcast into something sour right now. Uh, yeah. One thing I was reading about for the spring training notes. Well, one thing. This isn't sour, but one thing to point out. Brett Bochy. Brett Bochy is retiring. Did you guys see that? What? Yes. Brett Bochy is retiring. Wait, um, how? I don't even how, understand. He's that. filing paperwork with Major League Baseball to retire. That's how. But why? Because <laughs> he's not good. So, Oh, okay. He's not going to make it. He's not yeah, any he's more than he had. He, yeah. you know, he got some time in the majors. He has a World Series ring, so that's that's successful. Yeah, yeah. he had his dad hand him the ball, first <laughs> time ever in history, right? So that's something to write down in the old diary. <laughs> <laughs> Bochy's thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> Son, if you had spent less time binding your diary. And more time getting better as a pitcher. So. Another book that we can pitch to Amy G. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Chapter one. Uh, the other news that I read from Alex Pavlovic's report yesterday was that Willie Mays, his eyesight is basically gone. So you have to announce who you are um, when you go and talk to him. And he can talk and do everything else. But that may be sad to think that, you know, the, the the ravages of time have has claimed have claimed uh, Willie Mays' eyesight. Um, That's so sad. It is sad. Yeah. I mean, I'm just gonna tell him I'm Willie McCovey. <laughs> What's that, bro? <laughs> was that your Willie McCovey impression? <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what that was. That was probably nothing. <laughs> that was. I think that was just Carmen, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wasn't trying super hard. <laughs> It, it me, Babe Ruth. <laughs> hey, it's Brandon Belt. And then, like, make the sound of tripping over something. And he's like, oh, Brandon, you can oh, Brandon. never not trip on something. Story checks out. <laughs> so Willie Mays' eyesight, that you know, going out, very sad. Uh, w- Willie Mays also... I don't like hearing anything bad happening to Willie Mays or him in any danger. It reminds me of being at the last candlestick game. And during one of the timeouts, they showed that Willie Mays was in the stadium watching the game and he was outside. And I was like, get him indoors. It's freezing cold. <laughs> you know what? Willie Mays catching a, like a, a uh, catching pneumonia, watching the 49ers. <laughs> That'd be the worst. <laughs> I mean, it's bad enough. He's already watching the 49ers. He's watching the 49ers. <laughs> Not worth it. Not worth it. Uh, no, no other transitions for me. There. I'll just edit out this part. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're not helping you out very much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Letting the, nope. ha- the silence hang. <laughs> Just This is the new Awkward Silence podcast. It's a thing. Right. It's really right. big. When we're not gushing about our favorite baseball team, we're <laughs> awkwardly silent. <laughs> um, no, I remember um, I was looking through highlights a while ago from like 2000. 
And there were, you know, highlights where Willie Mays was at the park. And it is strikingly different how much healthier he was then as compared to now. And it's one of those things you're like, man, he's just, he's getting older. But Willie Mays shouldn't get older. He should stay the same age forever. This is stupid. Life is stupid. Life is stupid. It really is. Folks, if you're, <laughs> folks, if you're listening, pull over to the side of the road. <laughs> and look in, look in your mirror. <laughs> and think to yourself, I used to be younger. <laughs> and then drive to a Domino's and eat an extra large pizza. <laughs> oh my God, Domino's! <laughs> yeah, that's how you know you're really sad. <laughs> yes. What are you talking about? They have those commercials. They're not bad anymore. <laughs> <laughs> more, more organizations should have those types of commercials. Uh, you know, when whenever the um, whenever the Braves are done with their rebuilding they should be like hey we're not bad anymore oh wait yeah we are <laughs> right cut to the t- tomahawk chop okay we're, we're still pretty bad we're still bad <laughs> just kidding you know in 2078 after jed york is ash is, is ashes <laughs> the 49ers can be like oh we're, we're not we're not bad anymore <laughs> when football is played virtually because it's too dangerous for me to <laughs> When they're when they're called for now, because they are literal minors at that point, because that's less dangerous than playing football. That's right. I was picturing like a Pacific Rim situation, maybe. <laughs> I'm, I'm just thinking about a guy who's like, well, black long or football, black long, black long. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there we go. And then this isn't as sad. I, I could have closed with Willie Mays, but. This is uh, Bruce Bochy having shoulder surgery, a torn left labrum. Um, And and the comment I made on Twitter, because I like to self-promote my terrible jokes, was that how many replica World Series trophies did he carry around in the offseason? He tore up his shoulder. Um, But (laughs) how how about that? He had a stint put in two years ago. And, I mean, he's really just falling apart, right? That's It's just wear and tear. Man, I just get sad when people get older because, I don't know, you remember them in a certain way, like you were saying with, with Willie Mays, and it's just like, it's just sad. Like, it's going to happen to me too, but I'm just sad watching people that I feel like I, you know, put on a pedestal or whatever, just becoming all broken down and, you know, floppy. Well, Bochy also had to make a lot of pitching changes last year, so that arm could have been used a lot to, like, signal the umpire. Or like tap to call in. So this could be a repetitive stress, really repetitive stress injury for all we know. May not necessarily be age related, Carmen. Just to let you know. Oh, sorry. Overuse. I forgot yeah, about that. Yeah, overuse. Uh, <laughs> called in Josh Josh Osage a lot there down the stretch. Uh, yeah, you're right. I, I think about the X-Files as the first thing that comes to mind, sadly. But we can get back to a baseball example quickly. But, you know, just seeing David Duchovny and Jillian Anderson, they look great. But they clearly look older, and that show, for me, I think I'm like 60 years older than both of you, but for me, when that show came out, I, you know, I was 12 years old, and so how they look was sort of cemented in my mind, and now seeing them older, and they even sound older, uh, is not, it's not depressing, it's just, it's just kind of off-putting, it's a little sad, but, you know, they're not Willie Mays, where they're in a wheelchair and going blind, um, but it is always shocking, especially when you don't see people for a while and then you see them and then you're like, oh, right, he's 60 or she's 
She's in her 70s. This makes sense. Yeah, I mean, there's no cure for aging yet, so... <laughs> Only if the government would let us all just go crazy with the HGH, we might... <laughs> we could slow it down or recover faster. I don't know. That's pretty rude. <laughs> um, I can't think of a baseball player where I've had that thought where I'm like, oh, they got old. But it is, it's, it was funny to, like, consciously I was aware that they had age. Obviously, I, I knew that. But I, I, I guess because I think about Derek Jeter and, you know, you see them every, every, when the season's going on, you see them a lot. So when, as they age, it's not really that striking, but uh, uh, if I go for, back and I, when they were doing all those highlight promos of like young Jeter and older, he still doesn't look remarkably older, even though he is. The, the one for me looking back on it was, uh, was Jason Giambi. Cause you saw him every day for years and then he kind of disappeared for a while and was with the Indians for a couple of years and sort of near the end of his career, they would th- there would occasionally be like highlights of him and you look and go whoa he is old and grizzled and when did that happen <laughs> like he was always kind of you know scruffy but then it just suddenly he took off and you're like wow he looks like he's 50 that's true especially after all the ped stuff too when he came back yeah or, yeah i remember that a little bit um I mean, there's also players that I feel like don't age. Like, I remember I was, I think I was looking at, like, JT Snow's picture side to side with the Dusty, the Darren Baker thing. And I was like, has he been, like, preserved in gelatin or something? He just looks the same. Yeah, and Dusty doesn't look like he's aged very much since yeah. 2002. Um, maybe his hair's gotten grayer, but... Eh. His face is the same. I feel like yeah. he looks the same, like... Yeah. So... Time kind to some and not kind to others. Time claims us all. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is taking a turn, guys. <laughs> I think we lost it around yeah. Domino's. Oh, well, yeah, <laughs> that's where everyone loses it. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, so you know, speaking of time, this is a great transition here. Uh, yep. The time that the Giants have controlling. Uh, the rights to Madison Bumgarner four more years. If they exercise these options uh, as Grant wrote earlier in the week uh, about the giants possibly extending him out. Um, I mean, to, to weigh in, I mean, the giants don't have to do anything. They can let this play out a pitcher extension, pitching, pitching extensions are always this huge risk, no matter who it is. And they're all being handed out kind of, cavalierly that you just know they're not all going to work out so it's like a game of minesweeper you're hoping you're clicking on the right square but you're very likely going to click on a bomb sooner rather than later and the giants had matt kane already not that i don't i'm going to hold out some hope here maybe this is my folly that he's going to be fine he's going to adjust to being pain-free in his arm it's going to work out and he'll be a decent pitcher again but maybe not he's going to be the highest played player paid player on the team for the next two seasons and and he will probably not perform like the highest paid player. Uh, and so that could happen with Bumgarner. But where do you guys stand on the extension talk that Grant was saying that the Giants should probably now is the time to do it? Um, for me, I think that it's not the time to do it. I think that, you know, the, after Bumgarner's first full year, um, they signed him to that to, to that extension. And sort of the point of that. The upside for the team is that 
you know, they're taking some risk, but if it pays off, then they get him cheaply. And that's that's what's happened. So, like, if they're just going to extend him again and pay him lots more money again, then you're sort of negating the entire point of doing that extension. Um, so it seems like something they wouldn't do. Like, their reward for, t- for making that bet on Madison Bumgarner is is his performance right now. Um, but that doesn't mean that it's unfair. That means that there was a value that they both placed on that both Bumgarner and the team placed on them on mitigating risk that, uh, that they thought was an appropriate one. And it's fine. I'm sure in a year or two, you know, when they get in those option years, that's assuming he's still Madison Bumgarner destroyer of worlds. That's when they're going to start, talking about the extension more seriously but for now i don't really see the point yeah i probably would agree with that like i don't i think it's a little soon like not that i might like to be honest he's done so much for the giants that i don't necessarily mind the risk as much and also i feel like while he's gonna get paid a lot like i don't think he's gonna be obscene about it right he like has all he wants i feel like he's a pretty simple guy like I don't ever hear him talking about contracts or anything like that. So I feel like, you know, if we wait a little bit, it won't be the worst thing. Um, and by we, I mean the Giants and me. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I mean, I'm kind of like in the middle of what Grant and, and Doug think. Like, I'm like, eh, either way, like m- mostly no opinion on this because I think he's done so much that, in my opinion, whatever he gets paid, he probably has earned in some capacity anyways. I think, yeah, I think it's a, an emotional uh, uh, thought that the Giants should probably extend him now because I think the, the idea that he wouldn't be a Giant for his career or not be on the team at this moment in 20, before the 2016 season starts is, uh, I guess, sacrilegious in a way that no one would want to imagine that. And so to mitigate that fear or to reduce that anxiety, yeah, it would be natural that people were like, let's just take care of this now. But yes, that's exactly right. Both sides took a risk um, that, you know, Bumgarner took a risk that, you know, hey, if my arm blows up or I don't adjust or something, I'm still going to get paid. And the, and the Giants are okay with that. And yeah, it's, and also the other part is what what you said, Carmen, I think, yeah, you're right. The contracts aren't to him. He's taken care of. He feels good. But the idea that Madison Bumgarner is the Giants ace and like Buster Posey, he's considered one of the best at his position. Automatically, the number, the in Grant's article, he didn't put this number in here, but I'm immediately thinking $30 million a year or one of those years is going to have to come in to play that's what the number one pitcher is worth nowadays or someone who approaches icon status and Bumgarner can make that argument very easily and few would disagree with that so the idea that the Giants would start to extend him now um, they're going to immediately going to have to deal with well one of these one of those extension years he's going to get paid 30 million dollars a year do the Giants want to do that right now (laughs) Not that it's going to happen when their payroll is so filled because in the next few years, they've, they've budgeted very wisely, but the idea of a $30 million a year player, I just don't think the Giants want to visit that 
And I don't think they're as anxious as some of the other people in the fandom are about him walking away. Because as like Doug said, once we get to the option years, now it's a different story. They can guarantee options and then add on to those years and beyond. Um, um, I would say that the other thing is that four years ago, this time four years ago, the thought of Matt Kane ever not being a giant was unthinkable. And now, as much as we all still love Matt Kane for what he's done for the team um, and hope that he does well, there is still sort of that kind of feeling of checking your watch and being like, okay, when's contract going to be over? Right. And you don't want to get into that situation again with like, so if Bumgarner does have a couple bad years, um, then that's something to consider. Also, they just, they went through too many years of that with Tim Lincecum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, the Giants, it's just going to be repeating. Now, I will say this, Doug, because I agree with you 100%, but I will say if I was taking the other position, I would say, well, it worked out pretty well for the Giants when they had those albatrosses on the team. <laughs> so maybe they need that good luck charm. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's the, it's the new, uh, it's the new sabermetrics is getting <laughs> overvalued players. Forcing you to have to improvise and get value elsewhere. Yes. Uh, but also all of this, everything that the Giants do, taking these types of risks, making tr- like making significant trades, Wheeler for Beltran. I mean, this is you know this is what Sabian said, and it applies to these letting guys walk or signing the extension. It's still beholden upon the organization to draft well and scout well. They still have to do that to fill in those other gaps if they do miss on a on extending a guy that they can get the depth back or if they trade someone that they can replace them. So giants have got to find, it's great that they had the money to go out and get Cueto and Samarja. And I think we're all hoping and if not expecting, we're anticipating, you know, expecting as in like, this is definitely going to happen. We're anticipating that good things are going to happen with those contracts, but it's still behold on them to build up that depth again somehow. And hopefully that's coming. Uh, because that's exciting in its own right, but that is the way to alleviate any of these concerns. Because if Bumgarner goes, really, maybe the guy's not in the system yet, but right now, is there anyone that you, either of you, are salivating to see at the major league level and be that next number one? Uh, starting pitcher? Right. Um, there's no one who's really ready. Sure. So that's that's the that's yeah. where it gets into... You know, the Giants have got to still, they've got to do everything simultaneously. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's anybody that I'm like, oh, yeah, I can't wait for this person. It just hasn't happened yet. Not saying that they won't emerge in the next year or two, whether it's somebody who's existing or somebody who comes in. But it, it feels like after we've gotten this crop of homegrown infielders or whatever, it just feels a little bare. You know what I mean? Not totally comfortable there. Right. And the the only thing I can say to that is that was kind of how it was before this infield kind of came together, right? <laughs> that yeah. was sort of that feeling too. So it can it can change in a hurry. And I think the Giants being a little bit more aggressive internationally might help with that as well. So, um, okay, let's get into our Twitter questions. Doug, uh, do you have those Twitter questions? Carmen, you're familiar uh, yeah. with you're familiar with our format because I know you've listened to all 15, 14 episodes. We yeah, ask totally. we ask questions of uh, of you on Twitter. If you're listening, uh, Doug and I will send out 
the signal once a week and you can send us your questions about the giants or, or anything. No one's taken us up on the anything. I'm a little surprised well, no one wants to know about like, I don't know, my sexual history or, or like the, my favorite books, whatever. Those are the two extremes, well, but those are anything. <laughs> we, we did get an anything, but it wasn't about us. Well, um, that's the, that's the key. You got to feed our narcissism yeah. guys. So. Yeah. So, uh, first question is from Lars, the wanderer at Lars, the wanderer. And it is, uh, it's kind of two parts. Do you think mad bum and Quato will ride horses together this spring? And if so, do you think they'll pack a picnic lunch and red checkered blanket to sit on under a tree? <laughs> um, I think they can ride horses together. I can see that. It'd be super cute. They could hold hands. They could maybe go in the water with the horses. I can oh, see that. Oh, man. That'd be awesome. <laughs> they, they better invite a photographer. <laughs> yeah. They I could damn that. well better. <laughs> they don't really strike me as like a picnic type people. Like maybe some jerky. Jerky in a knapsack. Oh, that's a good call. Right? Yeah. yeah that's, that's good. Yeah. I want to see them reenact some uh, tombstone scenes. That's a, <laughs> where uh, where um, Quato. I don't know. Quato would be Doc Holiday. I think in that sense, in that situation, <laughs> uh, I can see that. I don't see the picnic happening. I don't see a blanket coming in. Um, and, and I mean, I, I especially don't see a blanket. If they wanted to have a picnic, they would just sit on the grass. Yeah, that's kind of yeah. the deal. Yeah, I don't think Bumgarner would want to sit under a tree either. He'd want to chop it down. And I mean, what is the definition of a picnic? Because, like, is the basket a requirement? Or are they just, like, packing a brown bag? I genuinely feel a picnic, a basket is a requirement if you're going to call something a picnic. Okay, so no on the picnic for sure. Yeah. Maybe just a Lunchable and some jerky. (laughs) A Lunchable? (laughs) (laughs) Lunchable Domino's. We now know what's in Carmen's fridge, I feel. Uh, all right. <laughs> what else? All right. Have? Next question is from Kizar Soze. And he asks, which former giant is most likely to be a Trump supporter? <laughs> okay. Now, if you're listening, this is not a political podcast. So the, the question, <laughs> but the question <laughs> is for fun. So let's all take our best shot. <laughs> I feel like this is a Jeff Kent baiting ah, answer. I was yeah. So I'm th- I'm saying that first because I'm saying like let's try to find somebody else because that feels like uh-huh. this is a this is a baiting us into saying Jeff Kent. But I really want to say it. What do I do? <laughs> All right, you're the guest. You can say Jeff I'm Kent. The guest. Jeff yeah. Kent. Yeah. <laughs> how how invested in the campaign like how big of a supporter do you think he is if you were to speculate like enough that it would people would know it but not so much that like he had to go out of his way so stickers but no rallies yeah stickers but no rally maybe like one or two videos posted on social media (laughs) definitely a facebook post or (laughs) or some minions meme Related to Trump. <laughs> Doug, I'm we we got a handicap. We can't say Jeff Kent. It's just too um, obvious. 
you know what? I I don't know why, but I'm just I'm getting a real Kurt Man wearing vibe. Kurt Man wearing. <laughs> he he is this a case? Why do you think actually? Um, he just seems like the kind of the kind of blue collar. Like I know he was a major league player, but he seems like a blue collar guy who you know just sort of looks at the country and is like, man, it used to be better. <laughs> Got to make it great again. <clears throat> All right, I got to come up with. <laughs> yeah, what have you got? <laughs> I think it was. I think it's going to be Russ Davis. <laughs> okay, what's the reason behind that? I think Russ Davis is a supporter of Donald Trump for all the wrong reasons. I think he sees a, a wealthy man and he thinks if a wealthy man is president, that's going to make him, him personally, Russ Davis, a wealthy guy. He's not going to, you know, never mind the racial stuff or anything like that. He's just focused on the, the wealth. That's what I see him as. So he's really focused on one thing, and it's not even that great, which to me sums up Russ Davis. So, Just money <laughs> Yeah. Well, Russ Davis had power, but it wasn't like it came with good contact or anything else like that, or defense, or anything, or on-base percentage. He had some power. That was basically it. <laughs> that was a good question, though. It's funny. It it, it, it's funny because it, it didn't have – if it's not political, it could just be like who – Who's the biggest Big Bang Theory fan or something like that? So, <laughs> uh, all right. What else? Are there any other questions? All right. So last one from uh, Christy Tipson. Yeah. And we're going to go with, uh, how did you put it before, Carmen? Date, Mary ditch. Yeah, that's good. Date, Mary <laughs> yeah. ditch. Date, Mary ditch. You seal Puig, Tim Lincecum, Chase Outley. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I guess ditch. Wait, so I, I would ditch Utley because he yeah. just seems terrible. Like I, I don't can't describe it more than that. I just don't like his face. So I feel like it'd be hard to date or marry. Him. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, how how often would I have to date this person? Like, would I see them more than my husband? What? <laughs> no, 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 no. You, you know, you go out with them two or three times. Okay, so like Puig, because like you probably want to like drive around and do stuff. I feel like he'd be fun to like kick it with. And then I would marry Tim Lincecum because he's got like a really cute dog and he's probably on the road a lot <laughs> so I can watch like TV. He's also pretty chill. Yeah, he's yeah. chill He's probably too. kind of a homebody. Yeah, he's probably not too controlling. And he's rich. Oh, Yeah, that's the that's my answer too. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think so. I think I'd add uh, for Puig, the dating him is good because he might like try to impress you, so you <laughs> you'd get get all the cool stuff in the first few dates, and then you'd never see him again. And oh, that's yeah. kind of the ideal amount of Puig. Yeah, that's you, that's yeah. You could probably also scare him by saying things like texting him a lot and being like, "Babe, <laughs> babe, are you coming over?" And then he would just freak out and never talk to you again. <laughs> Call him babe, like, right during <laughs> date two, during the second date. <laughs> uh, like, babe, did you make room in your closet yet? Look, I really need a drawer. At least two, one, probably two. Actually, two. 
But it'd be funny. See, but then it would still be worth dating him because he'd probably be wacky enough to be like, okay. And like, he'd <laughs> either call your bluff or be like, oh yeah, I got a whole room for you. I was totally. <laughs> Doesn't he also seem like he would have some sort of like elaborate, like chef or something that would like make you stuff in the morning. Yeah. But it would only, it would be like a, a really uh, fancy chef, but he, he commanded that chef to only be like, I love McDonald's. He only makes McDonald's breakfast menus. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, this is a world-class chef and you've got him making egg McMuffins. He's like, that's right. Make breakfast nachos. <laughs> make breakfast nachos. Hold on, that just made me think, what if he talks to the chef of human like it was a robot? Make like- breakfast nachos. <laughs> Like, like you're talking to the Amazon Echo. That's to right. Dress it. Cook. Make breakfast nachos. <laughs> That's exactly right. Where is my breakfast quesadilla? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would be fun to date him. I think I'm pretty excited about it. Oh, wait. Is it actually happening? There's Amy G's third book, which she would write under a pen name. <laughs> Amy D. And Amy would be spelled A I M E E. Can't write about a Dodger. <laughs> oh well, there's one more question from at Sammy Higgins. Doug, what was your favorite highlight from FanFest? Um, so I, you know, I was mostly at the Q and A stages. There's a lot of other stuff going on at FanFest, apparently, that I didn't see because I was sitting in on the club level for a bunch of hours. Totally worth it. That's what I was doing. Um, But I think the most fun thing about it was seeing the personality from the guys who don't show it off a lot. So, you know, you basically get a really good sense of who Hunter Pence is, who Brandon Belt is, Javi Lopez is from their interviews and from, from, you know, the beat writers report. But Buster Posey keeps it pretty buttoned up and he's a pretty funny guy. Um, A lot funnier than he is during interviews. Uh, Brandon Crawford is kind of, he's a little more subtle about it, but he's, he's pretty funny. And Bruce Bochy was hilarious. He made a bunch of jokes that were like, Bochy, you're so wacky, (laughs) which is not a side of him you see very often. So I think that was kind of the best part for me. (laughs) Oh, Carmen, what was yours? Um, I actually really liked the Q and a stage too. That's where I head usually first. Um, so I just like it because, yeah, like you get to see a really candid side of them. It's almost like they're just like, I'll say whatever, because who cares? Like the season hasn't started. Um, I would say like the first set of guys were awesome because it was like Lopez, you know, Hunter and Belt, and they're all so goofy and all were kind of ribbing each other. Um, and they do, I think that they do a good job of kind of pairing guys that bring out the best in each other or make it entertaining. So um, I like the stage a lot. And I will say that also, like, I think the idea of the I didn't go, but like the selfie booth is pretty cool because um, like, I don't know, like you get a picture with the three different players, you know, and I saw this picture of um, like somebody brought in like their entire family, like 10 people lined up. And there was like this weird family photo with like three giants sitting and a little tables in front of them. So I think that's pretty cool. I think the giants do a really good job. Yeah, they do, they really their social media and and all that is really and their community outreach is fantastic. They you know, baseball teams recognize that you can make a lot of money if you really care about your customers. <laughs> um, and they have really done a great job with that. Uh did they not do a selfie booth 
template with Matt Cain alone at a table because that feels like a missed opportunity to me. Um, you know what I heard that was really sad? Somebody posted it on Marty's Facebook wall and I just happened to see it in my feed. They said that there was like, I forget who the three guys was. It was like Jarrett Parker and like some other rookies. Maybe, I don't remember who was all together. But there were like fans that were just being like, oh no, you go ahead. Because they were like waiting for someone quote quote real to come by (laughs) that's so sad all the players were just like looking at them because they were like okay cool (laughs) wow yeah that's like next level yeah that's like domino's level (laughs) (laughs) well for Jarrett parker that was like the breaking ball of social interactions just not not great it's not a good look for him oh my goodness (laughs) Um, all right. So again, cause I know you're a huge fan of the show every week we play a really, uh, convoluted game just for fun. Uh, we've had a lot of fun on this podcast up to this point, but, uh, real quick, the Grammys were this past week. Um, and so this week I think our game should be, um, someone will name a giant and we'll name what, what Grammy they won. So I'm barely familiar with the Grammys, but there's things like the best rock song, best rap song, best dance record, best rock album. So so we'll name a giant and you can throw out what their Grammys in. Did they win for best R&B performance? And what was the name of the song or or whatever? So you pick the genre and you pick the song title of the giant. And then we usually like a little bit of an explanation if you can think of one. So uh, giants and the Grammys. Um, I will, uh, Carmen, since you're the the guest, you can throw out a giant for Doug and I to, um, do this for, and you can get an idea of how it will go. Okay. I'll give you guys Santiago Casilla. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. I'm actually legitimately scrolling through the Grammy categories <laughs> <laughs> because I am not familiar with the Grammy Awards. <laughs> um, well, I'm just gonna say he made the best uh, the best dance song of the year for for his hit, his smash hit, unappreciated. Unappreciated. Appreciated. So I it's like yeah. it's like an EDM track. Like yeah, that. a little bit. And there's like a really good, strong beat going. And there aren't that many lyrics, but he, you know, it's a really solid song. It deserves a Grammy for sure. Could you like robot to it? <laughs> is that your go-to dance move? Yeah, yeah. You, you do whatever it is you do to Skrillex with it. Robot. Robot. Wah, 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 wah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, I think he won the award for best pop solo performance, and it's for his hit, it's for his hit song "Side Eye," and <laughs> and it's it, you know the video is great. It's just him giving that side eye glare at people, and the, I love the whole verse about his beautiful, flawless complexion and how everyone's <laughs> jealous of it. And he's like, "I see you staring. You see me staring." The skin is clear. Now go rhyme with staring. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> it. I won't. 
I won't edit that. That'll just be a bad joke. So. I, I ain't no Dan Heron. I ain't no Dan Heron. <laughs> Brandon League's my bitch. Brandon League, by the way, is like, he he's the mouth-breathing relief pitcher, if you don't know who that is. He's like a trash compactor. That's what I think of when I look at him. <laughs> <laughs> like your 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 takeout box goes into Brandon League's mouth, and then it comes out compacted. <laughs> comes out a cube. That's right. Okay, uh, Doug, why don't you throw out someone for us? So you got you've got the gist. I got it, the right? gist. Okay. Yeah, I got the All gist. Right. All right, we'll struggle through. Uh, yeah, just just muddle. It'll be fine. Okay, no worries. That's like uh, life for me. <laughs> All right, your giant is Kelby Tomlinson. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I know what this is. He's going to win for um, best metal performance. And <laughs> I keep my glasses on is the name of his best metal performance. <laughs> and that one is a, is a, is a searing um, indictment of the American political system. And how he keeps his glasses on because he reads the newspaper and it makes him so angry he's got to f***ing thrash and destroy everything. That's that's what it's so great. All right. Um, why don't I go the opposite direction and say he's going to win for, I don't know if this is category or not, but he's going to win for uh, best song in a animated movie. Is that a thing? <laughs> Well, okay, so he won an he won an Academy Award. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, can't they win songs for films and stuff? Uh, I, there's a, I think it's a soundtrack category. He could be yeah, on that soundtrack. Sure, or sure. like that's okay. Disney's The Little Mermaid two. <laughs> I, I don't have any reason why, so I hope you don't ask. But he just seems very nice. Seems like he could, he could really uh, belt out a nice ballad. <laughs> That's all. Okay. <laughs> he has it in him. Yeah, maybe he could be like the voice of the prince, or or maybe the seagull. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, I'm gonna say um, Bruce Bochy. This. All right. I. I think he wins for uh, best liner notes. <laughs> um, like I was saying before, you know, his, his humor is it's pretty unexpected. And I think he made he made an album called The Biggest Decision. And then the notes are just hilarious. They don't have anything to do with the song. They're just like out of left field. And you're like, where did this come from? But I love it. He does. It, I mean, his book of walks has like sort of placeholder spots where better jokes could be but it's uh, it's not it's not like something very funny but yeah you could see that i wasn't at the fan fest obviously and i can only read what you and everyone else wrote but yeah i didn't i could see it he's got something he's got something going on there behind those eyes a little mischievous <laughs> sense of humor all right so best liner notes the game probably should have been like what would Bochy's liner notes be on random on on a given album that would have been cool like, what would Bochy write about formation <laughs> <laughs> um 
about? I'll go with like best Latin album. <laughs> and Bochi has spent a ton of time with his Latin players and they've been teaching him Spanish. And so he uh, has a bunch of songs on an album called uh, Te Amo. Te Amo <laughs> Casilla. <laughs> You might want to edit that out. <laughs> no, no. No, that's gold. I'm turning the volume up on that part. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to jump in and answer my own question and say he wins for best musical theater album. And <laughs> and it's called Double Switch. <laughs> and it's that's all I've got. <laughs> but now I want to see a musical called Double Switch with Bruce Bochy. It's just like uh, the, the set rotating around and around. With That's, right. That's right. <laughs> now he's in. Now, now he's in. Now he's in. Now he's in. <laughs> um, the, the other option I considered was best Hawaiian album, which would be a duet with Flannery. Oh, except, except halfway through, one of the songs would be out of nowhere, just like a thrash metal. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> and then at the end, Bochy's like... Flan, I don't know where you get that from. <laughs> you're you're a piece of work. <laughs> For your uh, double switch musical, I can also see the climax being like him not switching somebody out, and just leaving Mike kick him in or something. For, like, Leave him in. <laughs> I'm just giving up home run after home run. That's right. Moji's <laughs> like, um, I'll go I left it, Mike ass can. Now I've <laughs> lost the fan. Yes. <laughs> All right, yeah. that's how we do the Croncast here. No, Doug, you're going to say something. <laughs> I, I I'm done. No. <laughs> and so are we. Carmen, is there anything you want to plug? Social no. media articles? No. <laughs> how can people get a hold of you on Twitter? Uh, you can find me at Carmen Q. That's it. Across Instagram, Twitter, wherever you want to find me, basically. But really, people should just leave you alone. <laughs> Probably no one should talk to me ever. <laughs> or they can order you Domino's or something. Actually, yeah, they can just bring me a mini personal pan. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll be on the patio with Marty like basically every home weekend. So come by, say hi. Like it spices things up between like when I need to get Marty his sandwich and when I like pack up his bag for him. <laughs> Wait, you literally get Marty his sandwich? <laughs> yeah, sometimes he wants a chicken club. And sometimes he just wants fries, and sometimes he wants something a little healthier. You just don't know. <laughs> I like Most it. Keep the guessing. That's right. Well, um, all right, and also I'm sure people can find you uh, in Arizona next yes. in the month of March, uh, riding around various golf carts. Yeah, I'll just be the um, one hanging out the golf cart with ice cream and a beer. That's right. Well, <laughs> life. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Um, and we will be back next week. Thanks for listening. Um, in case you didn't remember, I'm at every sixth day on Twitter. I am at Moonwalk McFly. Don't forget to check out all the great content, all the great articles uh, on McCoveyChronicles.com. If you are not a regular reader of the site, I don't know what's wrong with you, but um, definitely check it out. And Carmen, thanks again for joining us. It was so great to have you. And we yeah. hope you'll come back. Definitely. <laughs>